Happy Veterans Day to all of you vets out there. It's the Trash Man, and this is the Fantasy Fallout for Week 10, going into Week 11. Let's get started. First game, Thursday night, the Panthers at the Steelers. Panthers got blowed out. 52-21. It's Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, and then everybody else in the Carolina offense. Devin Funches, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel are virtually interchangeable right now as the absence of Olsen earlier in the season was probably the only thing keeping Funches fantasy relevant. Kudos to those who either held on to or traded for James Conner in recent weeks as it appears that Le'Veon Bell isn't going to play this season. It makes some sense for Bell to sit out even if he you know, loses several million in paychecks especially after we saw what happened to Des Bryant, who sat out most of the season only to come back with the Saints and injure himself upon returning and might have to be on some part due to him being inactive as long as he was. Bell stays healthy and lines himself up for either franchise quarterback money, a requirement of the uh, CBA there, or the ability to sign somewhere else next season. Running back Jalen Samuels, eight touches, 29 yards, one touchdown, is starting to peek his head out into the open as a versatile playmaker who can be a real asset in the passing game for the Steelers. Pick him up if he's available in your dynasty leagues and monitor him in all other formats. On to the next game, the Bills at the Jets. Bills ran away with this one, 41-10. You know your quarterback situation is dire when Matt Barkley can come off the street and give the Bills arguably the best quarterback performance they've had this season. 232 yards, two touchdowns. Don't get too excited, though. Josh Allen is likely to return for Week 12. So Robert Foster who had three receptions on 105 yards, and Zay Jones, my boy, who had eight receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown, can probably stay on the bench in all but the deepest format. Same goes for Marcus Murphy. He had 14 touches, 16 yards. He only got that kind of action because the Bills were up by 28 at the half. The Bills will face the Jags in Week 12, so that scenario is unlikely to repeat itself. On the other side of the ball, yikes, Josh McCown, was beyond rusty on Sunday, putting up only 135 yards and two interceptions against the Bills. So much of those hopes of reinvigorating the Jets' offense. Sam Darnold should resume his starting role after the bye this week. Isaiah Crowell, seven carries, 19 yards on the ground, one touchdown, got the touchdown. But both Elijah McGuire, he had six carries, 30 yards on the ground, and Trenton Cannon, four yards and 30 yards on the ground. Four carries and 30 yards on the ground were more effective behind the Jets' atrocious offensive line. McGuire's the only runner there I'm interested in as he's involved in both the running and passing game. And the Jets project to be playing from behind in most contests. Quincy Anunwa, four receptions, 19 yards, was targeted eight times but didn't do much with him. Even so, he's worth picking up in deeper formats in hopes that now healthy, he'll become a fantasy asset once more. On to the next game. Cardinals at the Chiefs. Cardinals lost this one 14-26. Tight end Ricky Sills-Jones, five receptions, 51 yards, popped up on the stat sheet with Chad Williams out to injury. His nine targets were tied with David Johnson for second on the team behind Larry Fitzgerald, who had 10. RSJ is worth a look this week, as Chad Williams will probably sit once again. Christian Kirk, two receptions, eight yards, fizzled. 
in Week 10 as the Cardinals went run heavy in a somewhat competitive game. His longest play was called back on a holding penalty. He'll bounce back against the weak Raiders unit this week, though. Have no fear. On the other side of the ball, the game was closer than many expected, so Spencer Ware, who had three touches at 13 yards, didn't get the action we were looking for. Still, he saved his day with a touchdown and could see more action in Week 11 when the Chiefs faced the Rams in what is likely to be the highest scoring game this century. Sammy Watkins is slated to return in Week 11 too, so don't bother yourself deciding which Chiefs wide receiver to add this week, or at least not just yet. On to the next game, Falcons at the Browns. Falcons lost this one, 16-28. Austin Hooper saw his highest target total this season, 10, as Matt Ryan checked down all day. The Falcons faced a dogged Dallas defense this week, so Hooper's talents may be required with consistency. Again, you should start him. Edo Smith hasn't been very impressive, and he faces a murderous row of one defenses over the next three weeks with Dallas, New Orleans, and Baltimore on the slate. He's a risky play in any format for that reason. On the other side of the ball, Duke Johnson's Week 9 performance was not a fluke. He didn't go huge in Week 10, seven touches, 46 yards, and a touchdown as the Browns were hammering Atlanta with Nick Chubb all day. But he led the team in receptions with four and was second in targets with four. He's still unowned in one out of four leagues, so you need to go out there and get him. That's all I care about with the Browns offense right now. Moving on. Jaguars at the Colts. Jaguars lost this one 26-29. Leonard Fournette only had 2.2 yards per carry on Sunday, but his 24 carries and involvement in the passing game held up his performance. It's still worth hurling on to TJ Yeldon and or Carlos Hyde if you have the room as Fournette is a constant injury risk. But he looks to be healthy. Keelan Cole didn't see a single target in Week 10 and has fallen completely off the map. He's droppable in redraft formats. D.D. Westbrook, on the other hand, at five receptions, only 30 yards. He wasn't terribly productive, but he did see 10 targets to lead the Jags in that department. But, well, both he and Dante Moncrief are reasonable flex starts against the Steelers in Week 11. The fantasy football season never comes to an end at Roster Watch. My name is Alex Dunlap, and if you want more of the Roster Watch podcast, you can get it by signing up for a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. With a pro membership, you get access not only to all of our award-winning and awesome tools that are going to help you win in fantasy football, any kind of fantasy football that you play, but also to the Roster Watch Pro Library of Podcasts, where during the off-season we'll be bringing you content for your dynasty leagues, for your MFL team for your best ball leagues from various locations such as the Senior Bowl, the NFL Combine, the RosterWatch.com Pro Day Tour, the RosterWatch.com Rookie Mini Camp Tour, and of course, the Epic Training Camp Tour. You can't get this information unfiltered, uncensored, and unfettered from anywhere else, but right here at RosterWatch.com. Go to RosterWatch.com right now and get a pro membership. My name is Alex Dunlap, and I support this message. On the other side of the ball, his targets have been cut in half since Jack Doyle returned, but Eric Ebron, who had four touches, 70 yards, and three touchdowns, stays heavily involved in the red zone. So he's worth starting on a weekly basis for that reason. 
Marlon Mack, 14 touches, 38 yards, couldn't get anything going on Sunday, but it seems to have been more so due to the Jaguars' defense and not the foot injury he sustained early in the week. The Colts faced the surging Titans this week, so he's more of a flex play in that one. Jordan Wilkins actually led the Colts in rushing, but it was on one single carry at 53 yards. He's not worth adding in any but the deepest of formats. On to the next game, Lions at Bears. Lions lost his 122-34. Marvin Jones was forced from the game in the third quarter after injuring his knee. He's questionable for week 11, bumping Kennedy Galladay way up. I mean, you're already starting him, though. Theo Riddick is the ad here, as you should see. Plenty more targets in Jones's absence. On the other side of the ball, Allen Robinson, six receptions, 133 yards, two touchdowns, had his best game of the season on Sunday, coming back from a two-game absence due to groin injury. It's the kind of game we've been waiting for all season. I just hope he used them. I only happened to because of injuries on the rest of my squad, as he hasn't been, I mean, as he hasn't even been in the game recently. Um, He's got a real test against the Vikings this week, but you have to start him in hopes that his rise is the real deal. The Bears seem to have come to the realization that Anthony Miller is more talented than Taylor Gabriel. Five receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. He could go bonkers again this week as the Vikings may sell out to contain Robinson. Next game, Patriots at Titans. Patriots lost this one. 10 to 34. Tom Brady, only 254 yards. Well, that's not so bad, but he misses his Gronk. He has only one touchdown his last three games. And the missing ingredient there has been Gronkowski. Even though Gronkowski only has one touchdown this season, his mere presence makes teams focus more heavily on preventing him from scoring, leaving others open in the red zone. Gronk isn't a lock to return this season. Alex doesn't seem to think so. Maybe not for the rest of his career. So the Pats are going to have to figure things out over the bye. Julian Edelman left the game in the fourth quarter after injuring his foot, but it's been reported that he should be fine for week 12. And Sony Michelle, 11 carries, 31 yards, suffered from the early deficit the Pats found themselves in, not because of his recently injured knee. He'll be good to go in week 12 against the Jets team that just got steamrolled by LaShawn McCoy. On the other side of the ball, the Titans are playing a, like a playoff team right now, in large part due to their stifling defense. Marcus Mariota is playing smart football, keeping the ball in the hands of his dynamic running backs, Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, and with Corey Davis. Derrick Henry has scored in his last three games and is available in more than half of leagues right now. Fire him up against Cindy this week. On to the next game, Redskins at Buccaneers. Redskins 16, Buccaneers 3. The worst enemy of an Alex Smith-led offense is a good Redskins defense, as Smith will do just enough and absolutely no more than he has to to stay competitive. The Skins face the Texans in Week 11, so expect another boring performance. Adrian Peterson is the only guy here I'm bothering with for the Redskins. On the other side of the wall, the Bucks offense outplayed the Skins for the most part, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, 406 yards, two interceptions, couldn't get them in the end zone. All other skilled players should have better games this week against the Giants. Jaquiz Rogers had eight catches for 102 yards on Sunday in a bizarre turn of events. 
I'd say this was just one -off, a one-off performance that won't really account for much, but the Bucks' backfield is so bad that he could carve out a permanent role. He's a desperation at it most, though. On to the next game, Saints at Bengals. Saints 51, Bengals 14. Mark Ingram, 16 touches, 162 yards, one touchdown, showed up big on Sunday after failing to make an impact last week against the Rams. It was a blowout, and Alvin Kamara still took the goal line work. So it's a shallow victory. Ingram is a shaky play against a tough Eagles run defense in week 11. Traquan Smith failed to see one target on Sunday. His floor is as low as they come, but the game script for the Eagles may require his services. He's a boomer bust flex option in week 11. Very risky, though. On the other side of the ball, even with A.J. Green out, the Bengals failed to produce much in the passing game Sunday with Tyler Boyd topping out with 65 yards on three receptions. John Rosh actually led the team in targets with six and scored a touchdown, so there's an argument to add him this week, especially since Green is tentatively out until at least December. Gio Bernard had a paltry 36 yards on four touches, but he could get more looks this week with Green out against the Ravens' defense that you don't want to run straight at. On to the next game, Chargers at Raiders. Chargers won this one 20-6. Austin Eckler has seen season lows and touches over the last two weeks with four in Week 9 and just three on Sunday in a game that should have gotten more out of him. He's not a necessary hold outside deep PPR formats. Brandon LaFell had four receptions and 47 yards for the Raiders and has bumbled into the number one wide receiver spot there somehow. He's still not worth adding outside the deepest of leagues. On to the next game. Dolphins at Packers. Dolphins lost this one 12-31. Frank Gore wrestled fantasy relevance away from Kenyon Drake once more on Sunday, out-touching him 15-10 and out-gaining him 102 yards to 38. Drake did injure or re-injure his shoulder Sunday, but it was in the third quarter and he was already being out-touched 10-4. The Dolphins had the bye this week, so maybe they'll reevaluate things. But as things stand, he's just a middling flex. Brock Osweiler has officially returned to the dumpster after teasing the fantasy world with a couple strong performances. The Dolphins are targeting week 12 for a Ryan Tannehill return, so hopefully we don't have to see any more of Brock the Croc this season. Devontae Parker, five receptions, 43 yards, led the Dolphins in targets with 11 after Jakeem Grant had to be carted off with a leg injury. Parker injured his shoulder as well, but he shouldn't miss time with, as he has to buy to get better. If Grant can't come back for Week 12, Parker would stay in three wide sets with Kenny Stills and Danny Amendola. I'm fine losing him if you have bye week blues, but it might be worth holding on to Parker to see what he does with a healthy Tannehill around. On the other side of the ball, the Packers ran all over the Dolphins Sunday, but Jamal Williams only received three carries for three yards, while Aaron Jones had 18 touches for 172 yards and two touchdowns. This is no longer a timeshare, and you can drop Williams at your leisure. On to the next game, Seahawks at Rams. Seahawks lost this one 31-36. Rashad Penny blew up against the Rams Sunday with 108 yards on 12 carries. The Hawks were waiting for a performance like this, as was I. And they knew it was in his wheelhouse. Penny needs to be added in most formats. Seattle just isn't throwing enough to depend on Doug Baldwin as more than a flex. Tyler Lockett and David Moore both compete with him for red zone targets and actually seem to be favored by Russell Wilson right now. 
in the end zone. On the other side of the ball, Cooper Cup tore his ACL on Sunday, ending his season. Poor guy. One of our favorites here at Roster Watch. Josh Reynolds will step into the third wide receiver spot and should be added where possible. Tight end Gerald Everett deserves a long look, too, if you need tight end help. And to the last game on the slate Sunday night. Well, the last game on the slate until this Monday night game. Cowboys at Eagles. Cowboys won this one 27-20 in Philly. Amari Cooper, six receptions, 75 yards, isn't blowing anybody away in his new home. But at least he's showing some consistency. His arrow is pointing up in Dallas and he'll face the Falcons in week 11 in what could be a high-scoring game. On the other side of the ball, Josh Adams led the Eagles' backfield on Sunday night with seven carries, 47 yards. He's the only Eagles back worth rostering at this point, though I'm not playing him against the Saints this week in any but the deepest leagues. Saints defend the run well. Golden Tate had only two receptions on four targets for 19 yards, while Nelson Aguilar managed 83 yards on five receptions, although most of it came on one 51-yard play. It's a nice line for Aguilar, but I don't expect it to continue as Tate gets up to speed in the Eagles' offense. Anyway, that's the fallout going into Week 11. You know, I only really like to touch on the, you know, the things that aren't quite as obvious. If you're ever wondering why I don't talk about Todd Gurley or James Conner that much, <laughs> guys like that, um, you already, you're already starting those guys, so don't really worry that much about them. Anyways, this has been the fallout going into Week 11. Again, happy Veterans Day to all of you that are serving and have served in our armed forces. We thank you. We salute you. Good evening, Roster Watch Nation. I'll talk to you soon.